In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. I am so excited for you guys to be able to hear this conversation with Dr. Hannah Strom, Awake Pelvic Health. It is just a great conversation. She has such a unique perspective and it's been really fun. She's a part of the Rising family and we've been able to see her growth over the last year. I think her business has multiplied about five-fold in the last year and once you hear this conversation, you're going to know why. She's got a great clinical ethos, a real passion for pelvic health, has spent so much invested in her clinical growth, her business growth, and I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this interview. So without any further ado, here's our interview with Dr. Hannah Strom. Hey guys, so excited to be talking today with Hannah Strom, the founder of Awake Pelvic Health, member of the Pelvic PT Rising family. Hannah, thanks so much for being on. I'm so excited to talk with you. Hey Jesse, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be great. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. I think one of the interesting things about your story, and now we've gotten to know each other pretty well, you had a little bit of a different run to being a physical therapist than a lot of people. Walk me through how you made the decision to to get into physical therapy, why, and, and what that process was like for you. Yeah. So my story is, yeah, a little bit different than kind of the classic having an injury, getting introduced to PT. I actually never even saw a physical therapist prior to becoming a physical therapist. I did my undergraduate degree in exercise science. And during that time frame, I actually became a yoga instructor. And so a big part of my life was being in this fitness and yoga world, teaching yoga, doing trainings. And once I graduated from my undergraduate program, I actually taught yoga full-time for about a year and a half. And I had no intentions of becoming a physical therapist. In fact, I did not want to be in the medical world whatsoever because that felt like a really kind of sterile environment, not a place where I really felt like I could be my kind of creative, unique self. But through teaching yoga and working with A lot of people in classes who were coming up, you know, after class asking about different aches and pains in their body or issues or injuries they were having, I really recognized that I actually was super interested in that and wanted to understand more of the human body and to be able to work with people one-on-one. So I dabbled even before becoming a physical therapist in things like Thai body work, massage trainings, dabbled in yoga therapy trainings, other kind of movement science trainings to really just improve my skill sets in those different aspects. And then eventually I discovered that physical therapy might actually be a good fit for me. So I shadowed some PTs, applied to school and happened to get in. 
in, at a local university in St. Paul. And from there, I just kind of was like, great, I love this, was super excited to actually get rolling in the outpatient orthopedic setting. Until our second year of PT school, we actually had two really awesome professors in my program who came from a pelvic health background. So our entire class or our program integrated a pelvic health intro course over a summer semester. And it was really great to be able to go through that course with our entire cohort on women's pelvic health, men's pelvic health, and learn really the introductory skill sets. And it was really from that moment in time that I realized that that was going to be the area for me because it combined a more niche skill set, really being able to utilize just some of the skills that I have in, in a different way, in a meaningful way. And to be able to combine my passion for orthopedic care into that pelvic health world. So once I kind of realized that, I knew that once I graduated, that was really the area that I wanted to move forward into. Oh, that's awesome. So that's really interesting, though. First of all, amazing that they were already integrating a pelvic health course into the curriculum in school. I don't know why that's not the standard at this point. Hopefully that's becoming more and more common. But talk to me a little bit about when you actually made the realization that pelvic health was for you. Because I'm sure, you know, you're learning all this cool stuff in school. You're pretty interested. And and all the stuff that you guys can do as physical therapists is fascinating to me. What was it about pelvic health? And was there like an aha moment? Because I could also see that being like, a you know, you got thrown in the deep end in year two of PT school. Like, guys, this is like what we do. This is the pelvic floor. Like, holy cow. What was it about that, that that really lit that fire for you? Sure. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota, Dr. Johnson and Dr. Vandenberg, who were our professors. So if you're listening, I really hope you recognize just how grateful I am. And so much of our program is probably grateful as well. But I think one of the, the biggest things for me going through that particular class was A, the breadth of what we could do just within pelvic health from pelvic pain to pregnancy to postpartum to men's health. And so I just felt like there was so much that we could do there. And I find myself to be really, to really enjoy connecting with people on maybe topics or things that are challenging or maybe a little more vulnerable or hard to talk about. I feel like I'm pretty good at at creating a space and holding space for people to talk about things that are hard and maybe that they don't really want to talk about. And so I felt like pelvic health was a really good space for me to utilize that skill set and to be able to work with people of all genders and such a variety of um, different conditions or issues throughout someone's life. And I think it was really just that whole blend and this fascination that I developed for that area of the body that really brought me there. And I didn't actually have an opportunity to do a clinical in pelvic health. So I just dove headfirst into taking lots of courses, doing many of the Herman and Wallace courses, Sarah Duvall's courses, things through visceral and craniosacral and just diving deep and I think it was even just through doing all of that coursework that I've fallen even more in love with pelvic health. So I wouldn't say there was maybe one thing that that really sparked my interest, but it was just that combination of all the things that we can do. 
Yeah. And did you get a job in public health right out of school? No, I didn't. Actually, kind of a funny story. I, of course, you know, wasn't exactly sure like the setting I wanted to work in because I had done some clinicals in rural health, a really busy outpatient orthopedic setting. And that was really hard for me seeing patients back to back 30 minute visits all day long. Um, And so while I was offered a job at that particular clinic, I just knew that that wasn't going to be right for me. So I took a traveling job for my very first position outside of school, just to give myself some space, make a little extra money, kind of decide what my next move was going to be. So I did that for four months. And then I started working at an outpatient orthopedic clinic for not that long before COVID came around and we all got laid off which is fine, blessing in disguise. But that was a position in which I was supposed to really start diving deep into pelvic health, but um, didn't, wasn't able to before that timeframe. So I ended up then working at another clinic where I was really able to dive just full on head first into a really wide variety of pelvic health patients. So I was so grateful for being able to work at that particular location where I actually did have some mentorship. I was able to take a lot of different courses, learn from coworkers, from mentors outside of my clinic. And I saw a wide, wide variety of individuals from patients with chronic pain, endometriosis, bladder pain syndromes, all the way to men's health, pregnancy, a little bit of wellness-based care. And again, that was some limitations regarding insurance. And so I really knew kind of even since starting physical therapy school that I wanted to own a practice and run my own practice. Wasn't quite sure when, but it was after being in that space that I realized, man, I think I could really do this on my own and I could have even more freedom to treat people in the way that I feel so passionate about and excited about. Yeah, I can obviously tell how passionate about you are about all of this in your voice, but what was it? Because I feel like a lot of physical therapists, and then I feel like PT school might reinforce this, but will do anything not just to run their own business. What was it that gave you that idea that you wanted to or the the, the confidence that you could? Sure. So this actually goes back in time again to back in my days when I was doing yoga full time, um, teaching classes. I actually did some just on the side on my own. I taught some private classes going into people's homes. So essentially running my own little business back at that point in time. So I knew that I really enjoyed that freedom and flexibility of having my own schedule and doing that in in the way that I really believed teaching yoga should be done with those clients. And so I thought, well, maybe I should just open my own yoga studio. That didn't happen. And that's okay. I'm glad I didn't. And I think I just always had that entrepreneurial drive and spirit and just always had that that want to do my own thing and have that freedom. And so I, I really value being able to create my own schedule, my own space, my own time. And so that is where entrepreneurship and owning a business just was really the right move for me. And it's just always felt just intuitively right, kind of from the get-go. Cool. And was there anything, what was the the immediate proximate impetus to start your practice? Because you're sounded like you found a pretty good place. You had mentorship. You were seeing patients that you really loved. It was a it was kind of 
everything that you at least thought that you wanted. How did you get from there to like, actually, no, I'm going to take this crazy leap and, and do my own thing now? Yeah. So it came back to that feeling of, of being restricted and being able to truly treat in that full capacity that I knew I had the skills for, but simply wasn't able to. The moment I saw a patient start to get better and feel better, it was just that pressure to discharge, be done with their care. When I knew, man, there's so much more we could do with building up their strength and fitness level, um, adding in more yoga wellness or Pilates wellness-based programming. And I just wasn't able to go to that depth in terms of not just relief of immediate symptoms, but now let's optimize, let's create this space for long-term healing, long-term change. And it was challenging because we'd see some patients for 30-minute follow-up sessions, 45-minute sessions, short evaluation times. And I see that in many of the in-network clinics around my area where the initial visit, follow-up visits keep getting cut back by five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and so forth. And I just knew that that was probably where most of the in-network clinics are are going to go in in the next you know in the coming years if you will for me to really integrate all of those different tools that i love and i feel are so helpful for people like like really skilled body work. So I I do a lot with different therapies like dry needling and cupping, some basic Thai massage principles um, into my care that I wasn't able to do as much of when I wasn't working in my own practice. I really felt like I couldn't go as deep into more of that, that wellness programming, seeing someone ongoing for a year or two years, because that was what they needed. And that was what helped them stay in a really great place and not discharge, come back, discharge, come back, or being cut off by their insurance and just offering a level of quality that truly is unmatched now that I'm in my own space. Now that is awesome. And it's really amazing to me that you had that sense or that confidence or that knowledge of what Nicole would call your clinical ethos that early in your career? Because this is really only, what, a year, a year? How far in are we before you make the decision to to pull the trigger? I was a year and a half into my career. So I was really early into being a physical therapist. And I saw this from day one of my first clinical that, wow, like, I don't know if I could do this for the next 35 years if I have to see someone or see patients for 12, 15 people a day, back to back to back, short evaluations, short follow-up visits, like minimal follow-up because we're so booked, I can't see you for two months. You know, that just was not the level or the quality of care that I wanted to provide And quite frankly, wasn't the lifestyle that I could sustain for myself. And so I saw that early on in my clinical clinical work in school. And so I think it was really from that point forward, like knowing, okay, I just need to get through this. I need to get some experience under my belt, but I'm going to start my own practice. And so I kind of just knew that for really several years prior And once I felt like I had enough skills, if you will, to really go out on my own, 
and just have that level of confidence where it's like, I know I can do this. It's super scary, but I'm going to do this because I can get my own mentorship outside of my business. I can talk to colleagues who are way smarter than I am and pay them to help me and to grow. I took tons and tons of courses. I work to synthesize that information with colleagues and skills practices outside of my work time. And so I just made it, I really dedicated a lot of my time to to doing my own courses and my own training. So that allowed me to feel like I don't need to be in a space necessarily or a clinic where, yes, I did get mentorship, but it wasn't like on a daily basis or anything where I could, if I wanted to do mentorship weekly, I can do that on my own. And so knowing that really also gave me that peace of mind of like, I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to keep growing in my skill set, even if I'm out on my own. Yeah. And that's such an interesting perspective and really a sign of how the field has changed, I think, over the decades, because there is there's more opportunity to learn and to grow now than there ever has been before, where it's a smaller world, like be able to learn from the best people wherever they are online by going to courses, all of those different things. So it's it's an interesting perspective, and it's very like of your time, I feel like, and taking advantage of the fact that there's so many more opportunities out there than there may have used to been. And I'm sure you heard this because we hear this all the time and, and we push back. And I know, you know, Nicole had had 10 years of clinical experience before starting Public Sanity. So we could be in that chorus of people. Hannah, what are you doing? You need to have the same amount of experience as someone else did before starting their practice. I mean, we've always said that that's kind of nonsense. Like you learn by doing, and yes, there's more, potentially more challenges. You have to do more investment in yourself, like you were saying clinically, but I love that you're here and, and standing there as proof that you don't need X number of years of experience in order to start your own practice. Absolutely. So I know my parents can even attest to this, but my whole life, I was always someone who was a little more on the stubborn side, you know, told to do something or not do something. I kind of always wanted to push back on that and figure it out myself. And so it was the same in the business world. While I didn't necessarily have people or when starting my own practice, I should say. So I didn't necessarily have tons of people saying, oh, you shouldn't do this or that's a really bad move. But I definitely heard that just kind of in the periphery, just that, you know, that dialogue is out there. And I think feeling like people would maybe question my skill set or my levels or my ability, but starting my own practice has actually allowed me to grow even more as a clinician because really quickly I had to not only refine my clinical skill set and really make sure I was on a schedule and a program with courses and mentorship and sticking to that. But I have significantly improved the way in which I communicate plans of care to patient, clinical buy-in, getting people to come back and really be invested in their health and their wellness. And I now utilize a lot more health coaching and motivational interviewing tactics in my care. And I believe, and I truly feel that running my own practice has made me a significantly better clinician because it was kind of sink or swim. If I didn't put that time and effort in, I don't know where I'd be, but I did. And I, I really, really grinded to get to where I am. And I'm, I'm truly very proud of that. And I do believe that 
just having more space to explore my own interests and my own skills without anyone telling me, you know, what courses to take or not to take or how to treat has allowed me to really become the clinician I am today. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, right? When whether or not you eat dinner that night is dependent on how well you treat that patient. You have some incentive that not that you, I'm sure you were doing a great job where you were before, but if somebody fell off the schedule, well, the owner of the clinic brought another person onto your schedule. And where did Jenny go? Like, who knows? But now it's Gloria and here we go again. When it's your own practice, it's not like that. Yes. Yes. You are so much more invested in the outcomes and the care of your patient. And again, I was that way working in an in-network clinic and for someone else, but if I had a cancellation or half my day canceled on me, it didn't really matter. I was getting paid the same, you know, just kind of go about your day and you don't really think about it. But when you have to not only get people to call you and reach out to you and explain your value and your worth and what the care that they are going to receive when they come to you, like that takes a lot of practice and skill. And um, it's a whole different way of treating and, and working. And so it is so much more investment in that person and that patient. So not only do they follow through with a full plan of care, but they truly got that like full in-depth care that they deserve that I know is so much more than they would receive somewhere else because they went from all the way to symptom resolution to like having this entirely new like way of living and lifestyle. And, and that's so cool to be able to take people through that. I love hearing that. So where did the name, I love this name, Awake Pelvic Health. Where did that come from? I actually was just brainstorming that with my mom one day. I wanted to call my clinic Integrative Pelvic Health, but that was a really long word. I felt that was maybe a little cliche, a little overused. And in kind of the yoga world, the yoga practice, there's a lot of like awakenings and I don't know, just realizations and things like that. And so it just kind of resonated with me of like, that word awake and, you know, we're here, we're present, we're awake, we're taking care of ourselves. And so I think that was maybe where it came from, but I kind of just thought of it and, or maybe even my mom thought of it. And then we were like, Hey, that actually, that works. Let's do it. It's not too long of a word. And it kind of just fits the vibe that I'm going for. Yeah. Good one for mama Strom, awake pelvic health. No, and I feel like it really just knowing you personally just kind of fits you and your vibe. And it's a, it's a really cool backstory there. So, and I know that, you know, you had a passion for doing your own thing. You had a passion for pelvic health. Obviously, Awake has been extremely successful, but I know that all of us, when we start a business, kind of feel like we get kicked in the teeth. Did you have that, oh shit moment that did I make a mistake? What were some of those challenges in those first early weeks, months for you? Yeah, there were a lot of challenges. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of times like as outsiders looking into entrepreneurs and business owners and pelvic health business owners, like it looks really great from the outside. And, you know, we're posting a lot of amazing content on Instagram. Everything's going amazing, but it is hard. Like it is very, very hard. And it is a true 
challenge to like everything from your confidence to like your mindset and how you believe in yourself. And I went through a lot of personal growth and personal reflection of like shifting my mindset on like my beliefs, the way that I viewed myself, so many different pieces. So I think early on, there was just a lot of fire in like mindset shifting and believing in myself. And it was slow to grow. You know, you start with two patients a week, five patients, 10, right? And it just keeps building from there. But there's always ebbs and flows and there's always fluctuations. So it's continuing to stay grounded. And I know, Jesse, you talk a lot about just like believing in your business and like things will continue to be okay. Um, It's just staying grounded, staying consistent. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. But it is a daily growth experience of like just remaining calm and content and consistent and moving forward one foot in front of the other and believing that like this business has done so well and it will continue to do well and prosper. And I think, you know, early on, because it is so hard, what I loved about like the mentorship program, the pelvic PT rising program is like one thing I was looking for is mindset shifting, because I think that's so huge as a business owner and as that personal growth of like, what kind of mindset work can we do to continue to move forward and not get too bogged down? And so I think that was the biggest thing for me as I grew is just continuing to come back to what's working. I actually practice meditation as well. So utilizing that as a skill set to stay grounded and just believing that my efforts will will flourish if I just stay consistent with it. Yeah, that's a big that's a big trust factor, right? Is if I put in the work, if I do the right things, that things are going to come, whether they come, they never come as quickly as we want them to as business owners. But right. doing the work, trusting that, staying consistent. And and like you said, I mean, business growth is personal growth. There's really no yes. way around it. There's no way to grow as a business or a business owner without that. You know, you mentioned you had some mindset shifts, especially in the way, and this might be a little bit, Brian, tell me if you need to, you know, kick me off the interview here, but you said that there was a shift in like your view of yourself. That just made me really curious. Can I ask about that? Sure. So I think one of the bigger challenges I had, whether this was, if anyone thought this of me or not, I don't know, but was that idea of like, I am, and I was a newer clinician um, when I started my business. Will people trust me? Will people believe in me? Will people see me? Will they come to me consistently for their care? I think there was a lot of that. There was a lot of uncertainty of like, even though I put all of this effort into my business, will people actually come through the door? And so I really had to do a lot of work in like trusting and believing that my skill sets are valuable. What I have to offer is unique. What I have to offer is so helpful for people. And I continue to tell myself that and to grow with courses, grow with just talking to colleagues and friends and and really sharing in these challenges. I'm so lucky to have some great friends in the Twin Cities that I can talk to about these things. So it was a lot of just how I viewed myself as, as a clinician. And now I would say that's definitely changed, but there are still days where it it's hard and you have to keep reminding yourself that like, hey, I am doing good work. I do have something to offer. And I think that was the biggest mindset growth that I had. Oh, I love hearing that. Thanks for sharing it. Because I think that's something that we all struggle with and you do your best, you put in the effort, but 
do people respond to it the way that you want them to? And, and you don't get to dictate that, right? All we get to dictate is our own level of effort and how we show up for our people. Right. And realizing that like no one is going to work harder for your patients than you are. Right. But eventually there's a trust that goes in like that people are going to see that and respond to it. And obviously they certainly are with all of the growth and success that you've had. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been really, really fun to be watching and kind of getting to see that that evolution of you and the business and and seeing, I liked what you said too about calm and content, because I, I think that's one of the most challenging things in business is to have that sense of calm and enjoying the process and being content with where you are and knowing the business is meeting your needs while still having that fire to grow and to push and and I think so many of us, and Nicole and I very much included, shifted way too far to that growth and fire. And, and if it's not a world record number of patients this week, then it's a failure. And how can we grow faster? And what are we doing? And lost the ability to enjoy that process along the way. How do you kind of navigate that calm content on one side, but still kind of badass business owner on the other? Yeah, I feel that dichotomy so much, like every day, actually. And I do have more of a fiery type A go-getter personality. So I do find myself striving for that growth a lot and feeling like if I'm not having some incredible success, that I must not be successful. And that's not true at all. But I actually I have a great husband who I talk to about these things a lot. And he the other day actually just said something similar to that, like success doesn't mean always like exceeding everything all the time. Like you can be right where you are and and be successful with like not having a big growth spurt or these ups and downs, like something along those lines. And that really resonated with me. And I think it is a daily practice of like, I'm okay. Like this, things are going well, like continue to put one foot in front of the other and like truly enjoy this moment in time because where we're at today might not be down the road. Like I may go through a much bigger growth phase and like just being where I am right now is really incredible. And to just enjoy like every step of that, of where I am in my business. And I truly enjoy actually like all the different pieces of business. I know some clinicians are like, wow, I can never be a business owner because I don't like numbers. or I don't like this or that, but it's like, I actually try to enjoy. And I do enjoy looking at my numbers and looking at my QuickBooks and like all those background business pieces and really enjoying that marketing piece and connection building in the community and like what a gift to be able to like learn all those different skills and have those skills forever. And so I think that's where that content piece comes in is like, just enjoy everything. And like, it's not easy every day too. There are days where I'm like, I just want to be done. Right. But there are many days where I'm so excited about, about where I am and where I'm going. And it's that consistency of like, Hey, enjoy where we're at. And like, what can I continue to do to make those growth or that growth happen? You know, six months from now, 12 months from now, where do I want to see myself? Where do do I want to be? It is hard, but I think it's just for me, a daily effort. Oh, that is awesome to hear. And I want to pick something out of that, but that very much explains to me all of your success. And I mean, you've had like what a five fold increase in your business and it's just so much fun to watch. But I think 
the the clue to that and the clue to so much of your success, I think you just said in there is what a gift to be able to learn all those different skills. Yes. And that growth attitude, I think, is one of the most important things in an entrepreneur. It's something certainly like Nicole and I 1000% see in kind of your journey of it's not like, oh, I'm not good at numbers. Yep. It's like, oh, this is something that I need to be better at because I'm a business owner now. So I better figure it out. And maybe I'm not loving math beforehand, or maybe I'm not loving QuickBooks or accounting, but this is a skill and I have the chance to figure that out. I think it's the same thing that gave you the confidence to start your business as a younger clinician. It, that growth mindset, it's not a static mindset. It's not like I'm not good at numbers or I, I can't do this thing or it's, hey, I'm, I've got to figure this out. And I, it's not even I've got to, I get to. Yeah. I get to figure this out. I get to run a business and learn about accounting and marketing and front desk scripts and conversion and metrics and all the clinical stuff that goes along with that. Do you feel like that's an innate thing to you? Is that something that you were raised with? Where does that growth mentality come from? Can you trace it back or is it just something that's always been part of you? I feel like it's always been a part of me. For example, on like the strengths finders or whatever, one of my top strengths is learner. And I've always just truly enjoyed learning whether there was an outcome or not. Um, in this case, of course, I want there to be great outcomes in my business, but I've just truly enjoyed learning new things and switching that mindset of, oh, this is so overwhelming and this is so hard, which is something I feel definitely on a very regular basis, but to really switching like I have these opportunities to grow so much and I can do that right here and right now. I don't need to go get an MBA. I don't need to do all these things. Like, I think I've just always had that innate sense of like this passion to learn and to pick up new skills and try new things and just see how it goes. And it's been actually so cool to see like how much that I truly enjoy the business side. Like I really, really do enjoy that. I enjoy thinking about numbers and marketing and growth and community outreach and how can we create like a really incredible clinic and space for people to come and like that creative side of being an entrepreneur and like trying things and sometimes it doesn't work and like being okay with that and just moving on. And that I would say is another skill that I've developed is like, wow, I created that workshop and no one signed up. Okay, well, learn from that. Let's move on. We'll try it again. Try something a little bit different. And I think that is something like if you are looking to become a business owner is like really important is like not getting too down on the, the failures, quote unquote, or the lows and just picking up and moving forward. And I do feel like that is just a personality trait that I have, but it's something that I've nurtured with creating a business and something I've gotten better at and like quicker at too. That's a, a hugely important skill. And it's been it's been so fun to watch your business grow. It's so proud of all of the work that you've put in to get to where it is. We all know how much work goes into that seeming success, right? That duck floating across the pond and nobody ever sees all the little feet at 1030 at night trying to figure out why the website's not working or how to get this workshop off the ground or whatever it is. So just been so proud to see that growth from you. I'm really excited you're taking the next leap employees leading a team like it's all happening so there's going to be more opportunities for growth and learning and mistakes that's what we kind of all sign up for so i really just appreciate you sharing your story 
thanks so much for being on. This was just a fantastic conversation. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. It was great to be here. Wow, guys, what an amazing conversation with Dr. Hannah Strom. If you want to hear more about her story or get in touch with her, you can find all of her information at awakepelvichealth.com or on Instagram at awake.pelvichealth. I will put all of her information in the show notes, but I just loved that conversation from the way that she crafted her clinical ethos to the way that she started to develop more confidence in herself as a clinician to really, I think the underlying root of her story through all of that conversation was that growth mindset. Like I might not be there. I might not have those skills. I might not have that experience, but gosh darn it, if I work hard enough, I can change that. I can actually not only improve at those things, but actually start to enjoy them. And I think that's a really important mindset for an entrepreneur, especially although really for any of us, that the more we can cultivate that growth mindset, and I think we all have those limiting beliefs that I'm just not great at a certain thing, or I might just not have an aptitude for that. But while that might be true, there's always something that we can do to get better at that, to improve. And then once we start to improve, we start to find that we actually enjoy those activities that we used to think were so far beyond what we were doing. And that is one of the great things about business, about being an entrepreneur, is that it does force you to confront those limiting beliefs and those limitations and see what happens as we get out on the other side of that. So if you guys are interested or have any questions about how we can help, make sure you go to pelvicptrising.com business. You can complete the entrepreneur survey there and we can get back in touch with you with any questions answered, any resources we might have that might be a good fit. But yeah, that was just such a great interview. I hope you guys join me in thanking Dr. Hannah Strom for being on with us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us or to Hannah directly. And as always, we want to keep this conversation going and let's continue to rise.